Hello, hello, hello. I am the sausage man. I like to say hello. Hello, hello sausages. <laughs> we have Jerry in the studio. Wait. Am I here now? Oh, we got turned up. Is this we're starting? Yeah, you're back. Yeah, 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 we're, we're recording. We're here now. Yeah. Hello, hello. I'm back in the studio again. I'm back um, again. I'm back. Oh, no, go no, on. Gary Glitter song. Stop that. Stop <laughs> no, that. Don't man. do that. Oh, stop no. the Gazza song. No, yeah, totally stop it. Because this episode is all about the legend that is, that me, was. Me, me. Oh, no. David Bowie. David Bowie. Yeah. Uh, episode 16 of Deeping Beep. Deeping. Deeping Beeply. <laughs> yeah, it's the episode 16 of Beeping Deeply. Um. And it's called When Bowser Was King, which, uh, of course, is quite a, just a little name I made up for him because, uh, you know, Bowie, Bowser, and, and Bowser was... Yeah, mine's it's just, it's mine's just a nice, uh, David Bowyer and the Chipolatas from Mars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. What was the sausages about? It's the same sausages. Well, it's just this. Uh, there's a comedian, uh, Phil something. He, he did that. Um, that's you know. Remember that? That's TV series on the street, and uh, Mick Jagger and uh, Keith Richards at a shop. Don't remember it. And there was. Um, I never saw it. What all these different characters, but that same actor. Oh, this is uh, 90s. Yeah. He, he did this really good impression of David Bowie. And he's, oh, like, he it? called himself. Uh, yeah, he came out with David Bowie and the Chipolatas from Mars. Oh, so that's where sausages come from, the Chipolatas? Oh, sausages are going sausages. I've got my sausages in the pan. <laughs> Sounds great. Right, big sausages. I like it when people do funny impressions that make sort of surreal things about people. So, uh, I love David Bowie. Um, oh, he, why, but I'd like to know, in your mind, Joe, why is he a total legend? For many reasons. I mean, I'm asking Jerry because Jerry know, will know more about this than me. The, the chameleon of uh, of rock, Max. He he changed his style. You know? Also, it was about. Didn't he also help like uh, gay people with their their? Well, the, I suppose with the glam rock thing. You know. Well, was, I mean, I remember because for example, you know, our friend, gay people could now dress in glam rock gear and no one would know. Right, yeah, well, I, I mean, yeah, but a, lot of and... the, but a lot of, you know, they yeah, appreciate him. Yeah, he did help, of course he did. They? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. he was bisexual as well, wasn't he? So Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, he was. Um, anyway, uh, we could talk, Always we will talk swinging. more. Jerry's got some super things to tell us, and, you know, don't you? I've got some little David Little Bowie tidbits, stories, little yeah. things that we no one knows or we don't know, and just, yeah, info about the, the man that was. Um, so, yeah, we're going to move on to, well, what we're going to do is play my favourite track first. Which is Heroes. How do you feel about that one, Jay? It's literally my favourite Barry track ever. It's, it's just beautiful. It's, it's absolutely incredible. It's epic. Like, there's not a lot of songs, like, it, that sort of era that mm. were popular, mm. but also really touched me on some deep level. I don't think you know it was I mean? a big hit at the time either. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's popular compared to, like, uh, surprisingly. You know I mean? Yeah. Mm. Anyway, so we'll play that, but just before that, we're going to have a little excerpt of Iggy Pop talking about him, and then we'll swiftly move into Heroes. So here it is, back in a bit. When I was not doing much in 1975, he invited me to come along on his world tour, Station to Station, in 76. And I had never seen anybody in my life work as hard as that guy did. I mean, he was getting up, he was getting up at 8 in the morning to travel by car. He didn't fly, to by car all day to gig in the car would always be a fresh collection of the newest tapes by artists from all over the world, studying the stuff, listening to it. To, okay, Tom Waits. He knew about Tom Waits before anybody. Kraftwerk. He knew about Kraftwerk before anybody. So not just, oh, I'm into this kind of music, man, and that's all I like. He gets to the, to the town, does a couple of interviews, catches a half hour sleep, and he's on stage doing the show. Then after the show, the guy won't stop. He's out checking out whatever band is in town, 
knocking on his guitarist's door at four in the morning, let's write a new song. I was exhausted just watching it.
I've often wondered if, if actually the, being an artist of, in any way, any nature, is a, a, a kind of a sign of a certain kind of dysfunction, a social dysfunctionalism anyway. Yeah. It's an extraordinary thing to want to do, to express yourself in such, in such rarefied terms. Uh, uh, I think there's a, a, I think it's a loony kind of thing to want to do. I think the, the saner and rational approach to life is to survive steadfastly and create a protective home and, 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 and create a warm, loving environment for one's family and, and get food for them. That's about it. That's actually all. Anything else is extra. All culture is extra. Culture is, uh, you know, that's, uh, I guess it's a freebie. It's something that we, we don't, we only need to eat. We don't need uh, particular color plates or particular height chairs or anything. I mean, anything will do, but we insist on making 1,000 different kinds of chairs and 15 different kinds of plates. It's, it's unnecessary and it's a sign of the irrational part of man, I think. We should just be content with picking nuts. Not mine, <laughs> I might add. <laughs> So we are back. Yeah, I totally agree with what David Barry just said about being an artist, you know, the artistry being a bit dys dysfunctional. Sort of. oh, oh, it's communication, it's, it's communicating with weird these. to want to do that. Also, it's like, away. me. Yeah, and me. <laughs> it's about communicating when yeah. you can't or not. with words. Or not, on yeah, some exactly. Level. Yeah. yeah, no, it doesn't make sense. Plus, the music will, you create will sort of match your subconscious in some level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, so next up is uh, a tune which, uh, I mean, I'm not surprised. Jerry says he didn't actually like The oh. Laughing Gnome. It's a very unknown. Well, he must have liked it. It's unknown as well. Most people don't know. No, it. not really. It was, well, it was a hit, it was a hit oh, when it, it came out. Hit? Yeah, it was, was it? a hit in the charts. Yeah, I remember when it came out. But it wasn't number one. No, no, no I, I think it been. got to... I think it got close to the top ten. I thought it was uh, quite obscure. It was like a, it, it wasn't. A he, I had I mean, a seven-inch record. You know, when I used to have all sorts of random records and shit, I was quite pleased with that. Laughing gnome, seven-inch. It might be worth something. You never know. Laughing. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he didn't like <laughs> it. It's, it's, it's something his management made him do. Yeah, I understand if he doesn't like it. I, yeah, we can see that. I mean, I he did it. They didn't yeah. make him record it, but well, they sort of point. made him release it. <laughs> At no point. But yeah, I don't think it was his proudest moment, put it that way. Fair enough. Well, anyway, I, we both like it. So it's yeah, let's have fun. a listen. And uh, here's a laughing gnome, David Bowie. Here we go. <laughs> the laughing gnome. Well, I gave him roasted toadstools and a glass of dandelion wine. Then I put him on a train to Eastbourne, carried his bag 
and gave him a fag. came out that was um it was re-released because I, I remember it from this you know sort of late well sort of mid 70s ish and and it was it was recorded in the 60s obviously so well, yeah so it was it was yeah. re-released so right I didn't record it at the time because <laughs> you know the sort of you no, know he was in that time when he was with iggy ba- iggy yeah. pop in uh, in berlin oh i've got a great tune <laughs> so, yeah. it's called the laughing gnome <laughs> My favourite bit is about roasted toadstool. I yeah. mean, how horrible. I'm sure he's I, I had don't enough like... roasted toadstools this time. <laughs> yeah, it's quite, it's jokes, it's but fun, it's fun. For, it's for fun. people that know, or people that want to know, or don't want to know, David Bowie, he got his inspiration from someone called Tony Newley. Oh yeah. If he, he, he used to do musicals in the 60s. He, I think he went out with Elizabeth Taylor or something. Oh, okay. Right. But I've he, never yeah, heard but that's where he got his style from. Oh, right. that thing he I've never heard that, dude. But Tony, if you listen... But everyone listen, is influenced, aren't oh, they? Definitely, yeah, but you'll hear his singing voice. Listen to Tony Needley and you go, wow. that's bloody David Bowie's dad. Huh? <laughs> right, okay. Well, I'll so. check it out, I'll check it out. Tony Newley. Up next, Ashes to Ashes, which I remember for having this really cool trippy music video where it was like he was almost like on a beach or on a hill and it was like all pur- purple and pink and it's, shimmering. It's with not, it. He had a weird it's outfit. It's not Boy George in that video. It's is not it? Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. What is that? I think no, the video. Think it is. The video. Yeah, yeah. That's not everyone's. Oh, it's Boy George. No, it's well, he's pretending George. to be Boy George. It's not Boy oh, George. Oh, actually, you know, the, George. the other people. In, in the oh, video. I have no idea. I don't remember. It's, it's not but, Boy George. It's not Marilyn. It's one of the other lot. Oh. He's in a band as well, I can't remember. But the funny thing I thought about this one was Jerry corrected me. I thought the lyric was, what has it over the... One flash yeah, one of flash light, light but no smoking, smoking crystal, crystal is what I thought it was <laughs> for ages. And I was really no. confused about why is he talking about crystal meth? Like, that's a bit no. weird. And I was just no. confused. I was just like, I don't understand. And then Je- I thought that for ages. And I, lo- I love this tune. And I've been listening to it since I was bloody 16. That's a great tune. And then about a year, two or three years ago, Jerry was like, uh, I mentioned it to Jerry. I was like, why does it say it's no smoking crystal? <laughs> and Jerry's like, it's no smoking pistol. I was like, oh. You know when those lyrics drops like 20 years later and you're just like, yeah. what a moron. It's not that Elvis Presley one here. Emotion. Or your mum being like, I'm leaning on a jet yeah, plane. That's my friend's mum. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was your mum, mum. I'm leaning on a jet plane. What was your mum's one? And Hamish the Tambourine. That was your mum's one. <laughs> <laughs> Hamish the Tambourine. 
Hamish. That wasn't my mum's one. Oh, that was your mother's friend's one. That's the same woman, yeah. Oh, I got confused. Anyway, uh, let's play the track next. Ashes to Ashes. Here it is, and we'll be see you on the flip side.
Dust to Dust. And I'm not going to sing because it, it would be murdering David Bowie. It's not even a beatbox impression of a synthesizer, which I do a lot on this show. It's just not good. You can sing though, can't you? Not now, but you can. Apparently. No, I've been up, told apparently. I can sing. Oh, you've been on stage at millions of events, you know. Oh, oh, oh. You know you can. No, you really, oh. I, I love seeing you in your suits with your harmonica and kicking butt on stage. Well, Gaz is mainly as well, I saw you the most, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. You know, rock and yeah. blues. Yeah, I like that. It was really good. Some mm-hmm. videos. There's videos, actually. If you ever got uh, a moment, search good. YouTube for Joey Tremaine. Good shit on there. Some uh. 5D videos as well. Anyway, uh, talking about more about Bowser. Bowser. We've got, uh, next up is Starman. Starman. I love this tune. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I always had it in my head, but only maybe a couple of years ago, really got fully more into it. You know, and I you have know, it a lot I've, I've, on my playlist. Uh, name dropping time. You know, I've, yeah. met, I've met the Bowie uh, a few times. Two times I didn't know I'd met him. Huh, yeah. The last time I did. But, uh, about that, yeah. but the, the first time was Glastonbury Festival because my, my old man did the security and then we all stayed on the farm. And so did everyone else, David Bowie and Mark Boland. So, so I was a little snotty kid running around, these hippies playing guitars, huh, which I vaguely remember. And then about six years later, I was at a place called Warminster, and there's a big UFO thing going on. I know Warminster. Um, and yeah, I was, I think I was about 11, 12 then, and up in this place where we used to a UFO spot in Warminster with my father, and I was talking to this group of people in this sort of tall, well, you want that sort of skinny bloke with a hat on. It was quite dark and I was talking to him for ages. And then uh, I got back to my father, I said, you know who you were talking to? David Bowie. I was chatting away about UFOs and stuff. That's cool, man, that's pretty cool. That's, that's, that's a good story, because, you know, and I met, oh, also, and it's I, a good story right now, because it's Starman. Yeah, well, okay, I'll tell you the, when I actually spoke to him. Cool man, yeah, he's a ledge. It's uh, it's he's nice. Lovely. That, he was lovely. Yeah, yeah and then that's also an important thing when a ledge is also actually a really nice person. Yeah, because you get a but I'm not saying all of them, but you get some ledge people who are like, oh, they're legends who are complete cops. Oh, I've met a few cops. Okay, let's not. Should we not name? <laughs> we, I don't think we should name. That sounds wrong. <laughs> Well, I have met a few people. Yeah, yeah no, that doesn't happen. I'm not. I know. I don't think it's about mentioning them unless like it comes up, but probably not on the radio. Yeah, I must. Not, I can't. I'll get in trouble. I'll get in trouble. Yeah, right. So anyway, uh, we'll continue to just talk about the legendariness of David. And uh, next up, Starman. Uh, and it was good because that was a bit about aliens. So here we go. Look to the sky.
David, but I was Starman. Um, yeah, do you know what the thing I love about Jim? It's like he's mentioning like there's a Starman in the sky. He'd love to come and meet us, but he thinks he'd blow our minds. I love that lyric because I think that's actually how the universe works with aliens and stuff on some level. Well, like, I, I feel it was, like it's like they, there's is some sort of alien intelligence, but it's so it's certainly what the like, American government think. Okay, do you know what I just realised? The, the last thing I want to do is talk to Jerry about the possibility of alien life, whether on this planet or anywhere, on this podcast, because we're going down the rabbit hole. They've been here and for it was half an hour, and by the end of it, you and me will have our, we'll be like putting the tin hats on. Yeah, well, I think and I'm, I'm not like aliens don't exist. Obvious. I definitely think they exist. And I think there's a good chance they have come here too, so I'm not against it. I just don't it's really want to have it. Turn been this here. Turn it's into an alien. It's been here. It's my fault. So anyone with half a brain cell. I shouldn't have brought up the aliens, Jerry I won't go any. Can... I won't take it any further than that. Oh, good. Okay, cool. Because yeah. I mean, I, I love hearing. Open your mind. Yeah, no, man. do open your mind. Open your mind. It's, oh, that's very important. Think outside the box. Anyway, uh, so on the subject of opening your minds, we're going to quickly move on to a little excerpt from him chatting. I think with Paxman about the internet oh, God, and really? raves. Jeremy Paxman. Yeah, but I mean, it's just an interview. I found what the fuck. I don't have a choice. It's like you know. So if you want to hear the fucking Prime Minister, you've got to fucking hear it through Dimbleby or I'd David Fox. You don't have a choice. I don't want to hear the Prime Minister either. But I'm just saying it's Bowie, so sure, he was man. famous. Yeah, I'll shut up. And here's the thing. It's about internet and raves, which is specifically why I'm happy about it. Two things I love combined together in a conversation with David Bowie. So it's, yeah, pretty cool. Here we go. If you were starting out now, I yeah. think, did I read somewhere that you said if you were 19, you wouldn't go into the music business? I think that's probably quite right. I think I think I'd probably just be a, um, a fan and a collector of records. Uh, what would you do? I, I, I wanted to be a musician because it seemed um, it seemed rebellious. It seemed subversive. It felt like uh, one could affect change um, to a form. It, uh, it was very hard to hear music when I was younger. You know, um, when I when I was really young, you had to tune into AFN radio to hear the American 
mm. records. Uh, there, there was no MTV, and there was no. It wasn't sort of wall-to-wall -wall blanket mm. music, and so therefore it had a kind of a, a, a call to arms kind of feeling to it. Is that this is the thing that will change things? This is uh, a dead dodgy occupation to have. It's still oh, produced signs of horror from people if you said, yeah, I'm, a, I'm in rock and roll. It was, mm. my goodness. Now it's a career opportunity. And the internet is now, uh, uh, carries the flag of, of being subversive and possibly rebellious and chaotic, nihilistic and... Oh, yes, it is. It's a, forget about the Microsoft element. The, the monopolies do not have a monopoly, maybe on programs. What you like about the f fact, what you like about it is the fact that Anyone can say anything or do anything. Uh, from my standpoint, from where I am, because of the, uh, by virtue of the fact that I am a pop singer yeah. and writer, um, I, I really, I really like, I embrace the idea that there's a new demystification process going on between the artist and the audience. Um, I think when you look back at, say, this last decade, there hasn't really been one single entity, artist or group that have personified or become the brand name for the 90s. It, like, it was starting to fade a little in the 80s, and in the 70s there were still definite artists, in the 60s there were the Beatles and the Hendrix, and in the 50s there was Presley. Now it's uh, subgroups and genres. It's hip-hop, it's girl power, it's a, a diff it's a communal kind of thing. Mm. It's about the community. It's becoming more and more about the audience. Because the point of having somebody who led the forces has disappeared because the vocabulary of rock is too well known. It's a currency that is not, um, it's not devoid of meaning anymore, but it's certainly only a conveyor of information now. It's not a conveyor of rebellion. And the internet has taken on that, as I say. Um, and, uh, and so I find that a terribly exciting area. So from my standpoint, being a, um, an artist, I'd like to see what the new construction is between artist and, and audience. There is a breakdown. There's a uh, personified, I think, by the, uh, the rave culture of the last few years, where the audience is at least as important as whoever is playing at the rave. Um, it's almost like the artist is to accompany the, the audience and what the audience are doing. And that feeling is very much permeating music and, and, and permeating the internet. But what is it specifically about the internet? I mean, anybody can say anything. Uh, yeah. And it all adds up to what? I mean, it seems to me there's no, there's nothing cohesive about it in the way that there was something cohesive about the, re the youth revolution in music. Oh, but the, absolutely. And because I think that we, uh, at the time, up until at least the mid-70s, really felt that we were still living under the, uh, 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 oh, with, in the guise of a, a single and absolute uh, created society where there were known truths and known lies and there was no kind of duplicity or pluralism about the things that we believed in. That started to break down rapidly in the 70s. And the idea of a, a duality in the way that we live, in, in there are always two, three, four, five sides to every question, that the singularity disappeared. And uh, that, I believe, has produced such a medium as the internet, which absolutely establishes and shows us that we are living in total fragmentation. You don't think that some of the claims being made for it are, are 
hugely exaggerated. I mean, when the telephone was invented, people made amazing claims. I know the president, for example. The president at the time when it was first invented, he was outrageous. He said he foresaw the day in the future when every town in America would have a telephone. Now that what? How dare he claim like that? Absolute bullshit. No, you see, I don't, I don't, but I don't agree. End... I don't agree. I think the internet. I don't think we've even seen the tip of the iceberg. I think the potential of what the internet is going to do to society, both good and bad, is unimaginable. I think we're actually on the cusp of something exhilarating and terrifying. So yeah, a lot of sense being talked there. What a highly intelligent human being he yeah, was. Yeah, uh, what's the word? Uh, perceptive. Yeah, he had his finger on it. Yeah, he did, man. And uh, how so I believe he's quite right as well about all, a lot of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, it shows. Yeah. It's showing things like Bitcoin and things. It's just you know, it's not like it's not suddenly gonna fix everything, revolutionize everything. But like, it, yeah, I mean, musically speaking, it's got a lot. It's yeah, got a lot. For, for um, real, yeah. Some, some good, good and bad about the internet. Oh, oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. In regards to music. Yeah, that's you know, true as well. Yeah. I mean, now we've got the internet. There's. There's people who are being discovered that you know, before before the internet would never, you know. No, that is true. Unless they were lucky, you know. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, because that's the like good thing. That's that's the good thing. Yeah. So there's also a hell of a lot. Of well, it's really hard to make crap. money, you know. Like compared uh, to yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like it's harder to make a living as an artist. I mean, you don't even have to tour and sell merchandise. You can sell all that online. It's well, yeah, well, I mean, it's, <laughs> I say it's harder to make a living. Maybe it's harder to make it, but it, in a way, it's like almost maybe more people can make less of a living. I don't know if it, but in total, the whole industry like was shrunk, so it can't, be, thought, can't still, be good in the long the, run. The, the good thing, thing is, you still have to have some talent. But it has like yeah, but it has like spread it out a bit, hasn't it? Yeah, it's, it's more because it's less. The power is not so much in the hand of a few di- people. It's diluted. It's diluted. Yeah, it's not like, oh, if you're a radio station or if you run a label like the big four, then you get to say what people hear. Well, it's yeah. not like that anymore, really, is it? I mean, no, there's well, still a little bit, but not like as much. The corporations have no control anymore, very no. little control. I think it's, it's, yeah, it's just a good it's thing. Important. Yeah, no, important. Anyway, uh, moving on, we've got uh, Sound and Vision. Um, I love this tune. Um, especially he talks about his blue room that he'd like to live in. Blue, blue, electric blue, that's the colour of my loo where I will sit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, David. Not quite. Jerry is the master <laughs> destroying any lyrics he hears. I can't help myself. He can't help himself. He will take your song and kill it. Send them in. <laughs> Even my See own. what he can do. Yeah, that's not difficult. Anyway, here's the track. Running.
Sausages and Jerry's singing there. Uh, that was Sound and Vision. David Bowser. But no, gonna... was, oh, the last oh, yeah, track. Yeah, the last track. The last track. Yeah, the last track. job. I'm getting ahead of myself. The solo titty job. Uh, we're moving on swiftly because we. Just call me a tit job then. No. Good. <laughs> I know. <it> didn't. <laughs> you can't prove anything. Sausages. Everything you ever proved, uh, learned, is only learned and not necessarily true. Only in your mind. Yeah, anyway, okay, let's move on rather than being weird. Uh, David Bowie, the man who sold the world, I think we'll play next. Uh, and then we will, yeah, move on. Uh, swifter than usual, here we go. We passed up on the stairs. We spoke of was and when. Although I wasn't there He said I was his friend Which came as some surprise I spoke into his eyes I thought you died alone A long, long time ago
So yeah, that was the man who sold the world. Uh, epic, epic tune, very deep. Do you have anything to say about it, Joe? It's cosmic. Cosmica, cosmic. Yeah. Cosmic yeah. on, comic cosmic. Oh, I'm talking shit I again. I bet you're glad you asked me what I thought of that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally glad. Oh, I, mean, I needed that opinion. And it, um, we've gone a bit uh, surreal, haven't we? That's my life. It's like Gareth Meringhi's strange place. Gareth who? The bush. The bush. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't like... I, it was too weird. Crack I, Fox. I do, yeah. And then there's that dude <laughs> on the TV comedy shows who just basically just says nonsense and people think it's funny. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, um... The one who's like... Oh, not, <laughs> and he's not... I don't know. I'm being not, not I like the, some serial comedy. I like comedy. Not the art critic, Blake. I, I literally don't know. Um, I don't anyway, know. this is Fashion by David Bowie. What's, yeah, that's a good one. Far, um, far, tra-la. tra and fa-la. Here we go. And here we It's running.
beep beep. Honk. Beep beep. <laughs> I like that bit. That's a nice tune. Oh, actually, it's, it's, it's not rare that it ever happens, but I was fully grooving there in the studio. And in a, a really, you know... You're dancing in an almost normal fashion. Yeah. <laughs> Clever. Tra-la-la. Yeah, you got that one nailed there. Yeah, that was quite an impressive joke. Or oh, what's it called? Yeah. So, I like, yeah, good tune. Um, yeah, we've got, we're going to play two more tunes uh, but just before that we're gonna have uh, another little thing I found on YouTube after I was linked there by some BLM um, person or account or follower or supporter uh, and this is a uh, I'll let it speak for itself but it's David Bowie being way ahead of his time and uh, yeah we'll mm-hmm. just have a little listen and uh, be back on the flip side I'd like to ask you something I see, you know all right um, it, it occurred to me, having watched MTV over the last few months, um, that it's, it, it's, got, it's a solid enterprise with it and it's got a lot going for it. I'm just floored by the fact that there's so, many bl- so few black artists featured on it. Why is that? I think that we're trying to move in that direction. We want to play artists that seem to be doing music that fits into what we want to play for MTV. There's th- the company is thinking in terms of narrow casting. That's evident. Um, it's evident in the fact that the only few black artists that one does see are on about 2.30 in the morning or, on, or to around 6. Very few are featured predominant, no. predominantly during the day. No, that, uh, that's a... I'll say that over the last couple of weeks these things have been changing, but it, it's, no, uh, it's a I, slow process. I know, it's, it's funny, I think people have different perceptions. When you wind up watching, let's say you watch an hour or two or even three a day, people somehow come away with different ideas about what we are doing. We don't have any kind of day parting for anything, mm. let alone a black artist day parted out of what, what would be, quote, prime time. Mm. We don't have that. Because one sees a lot on the, on the there's a, one black station on uh, television that I keep picking up. I'm not sure which station it's on. But there's a, there seem to be a lot of black artists making very good videos that I'm surprised aren't used on MTV. Well, of course, also we have to try and do what we think not only New York and Los Angeles will appreciate, but also uh, Poughkeepsie or Midwest, pick some town in the Midwest that will be scared to death by Prince, which we're playing, or a string of other black faces. That's and black very music. interesting. Isn't that interesting? You know, we have, to, uh, we have to play the music that we think an entire country is going to like, and certainly we're a rock and roll station now. The question would be asked, well, should, uh, since we're in New York, should PLJ play, uh, you know, uh, the Isley Brothers? Well, you and I might say, yeah, because we have grown up in an era when the Isley Brothers mean something to me, and so do the Spinners, even way after the Isley Brothers. But what does it mean to a 17-year-old? Well, if you talk on the phones to these guys like I did when I was in radio, it's Well, scary. I'll tell you what it means. I'll tell you what maybe the Isley Brothers or Marvin Gaye means to a black 17-year-old. Ah. And surely he's part of America as well. No question, he? no question. And that's why you're seeing those things. Do you not find that it's a frightening predicament to be in? Yeah, but less so here than in radio. And is it not, well, no, don't say, well, it's not me, it's them. Is it, no, is well, it, not, is it not possible that it's, it's, it should be a conviction of the station and of other radio stations, mm. to be fair? It, it, is, it does seem to be um, uh, rampant through American media. Um, is it, it, should it not be a challenge to try and make the media far more 
integrated in those in music, happening. especially of anything in musical terms. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, I think it's happening because white music and white musicians are now starting to play more than ever, what, uh, more than they have lately, let's say, in the last 10 years, yeah. what, what black artists have been into. Mm -hmm. And now, hopefully, the lines are going to start to, to blur. And when we play a band like ABC, yeah. well, there's, there's white and black kids who are enjoying it. And all of a sudden, well, it's, it's a little bit easier for a white kid to understand it. The fact is, quite frankly, I could even point you towards a letter in the new issue of the record, yeah. the magazine, the record, responding to an article by Dave Marsh, that this this kid just ranted about what he didn't want to see on MTV. Well, that's his and problem. In no uncertain terms. Well, what I'm saying though is that there's, as you say, there's certainly a lot of black kids and white kids who may want to see black music. Mm. There is a ton of them who are. It's not like it was in '67 where you say, yeah. I'm, I'm not into that, you know, but you are, you have, now it's, you're into that, I don't like you. And that's scary, and we, can, we can't just turn around and go, well look, this is the right way. We can only teach, I think, a little bit at a time. Interesting. Okay, thank you very much. Does that make sense? Valid point? I understand your point of view. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I'm not gonna, put my opinions into anyone's brain, yo. But I would just say, yeah, just, you know, let's say yeah, he just was, let it speak for itself. He was right. Well, yeah. He had a yeah, very valid point. Um, yeah, yeah and the history speaks for itself. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah, and it is all, it's, it's resurfacing and people are still mm. trying to ignore it, you know? And uh, the media is still a machine for not, mostly not good. It's evil. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's my little our little political. Oh, don't get me started, please. I don't. Yeah, know, okay. We'll be here all night. Right. Anyway, uh, so let's move on uh, to the last two tracks. What? Well, well, basically, this is the last. Well, the, no. This Good. is under pressure. Queen. Yeah. And David Bowie together. Are. No, but seriously, that's a good combo of, of artists. Oh, great, great singers. Great. Oh, yeah. Um, I love this tune, and so we'll just let it run. And uh, yeah, here we go. It's under pressure. Pushing, and I won't ruin it. Here we go. Pushing down on me.
turned away from it all like a blind man Sat on a fence, but it don't work Keep coming up with love, but it's so slashed and torn Yes, chin, 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 chin. Right, so I'm going to say goodbye to Jerry now. Goodbye to Jerry. It was lovely having you again, Jerry, on the studio, in the studio. I'm glad to be had. Yeah, um, we're Have not going to make a joke out of that. Um, we're going to now play... Well, it just leaves me... To, yeah. <laughs> Just leaves me to say that next week, we, this is a show that we cover all sorts of things because this was David Bowie, this, this uh, obviously. And next week I have my best friend Rahel to talk about with me and introduce a lot of grime and drill. So we're going from one end of the spectrum uh, to I the other. I won't be here. Jerry won't be here. No, he's not a fan. Uh, but, you know, what can you do? Um, uh, so, yeah, this uh, to play you out on is Space Oddity. An incredible uh, tune, a bit... Operatic, cinematic, beautiful, uh, just gets Shady. you really. It was the first thing I used to listen to of his. He'd never do this live. He wouldn't do it live. Well, I can understand why, because it wouldn't work, would it? Well, well, well nowadays about... you could do it with backing tapes. Oh, okay, yeah, but I mean... I right. thought he was going to do it at Glastonbury, but he didn't, which is a shame. Oh, sounds sad. Well, anyway... It would um, perfect. Do you no, want right. to say goodbye, do you? Goodbye. Goodbye, guys, and I'll see you... Goodbye. Or here, you can hear goodbye. me next week, if you want. All right, guys. Goodbye, easy, easy. sausages. Bye. Ground control to Major Tom Ground control to Major Tom Take your protein pills and put your helmet on Ground control to Major Tom Sing countdown engines on three two check ignition and may God's love be with you
Oh uh-huh.